Hey friend, welcome to the podcast. I am calling this show Focused Action 2019. So Focused Action is a blog post I've been writing for a long time. These are questions that cause you to look back at your year and kind of see where you've been so that you can have a better direction of where you are going. I thought it would be fun to bring my husband Zeke over. Say hello, Zeke. Hello, everyone. So Zeke's going to answer some of these questions with me. And I like um, the fact that Zeke's here because he's the person that knows me the best. So it's a treat. Yes. Okay. So here <laughs> we go. The first question is, what is the single biggest time waster in your life? And what will you do about it this year? What was your something that kind of. I think I was having a conversation with someone today and we were talking about worrying. Mm. And I think that that probably was the biggest time waster for me was worrying about what other people thought about me, um, the things that I couldn't control. Um, I spent a lot of energy trying to change things that probably I should never have even put my hand to in the first place. And um, instead of focusing on the things that I could change, I was worried about the stuff I couldn't change. So I would say it would have to be worry for me. I want to say that for me, it was mindless browsing just because I measure it so much. But at the same time, I try to make sure that I spent my time better. I think I, I worried some, but I also was, I was mad a lot in 2019, just about different things. Cause I remember just telling myself, don't be mad, like do something about it. So that was totally a waste of time as well. Hmm. So the next question is, um, what one thing could you do to improve your prayer life this year? We just jumped right into faith. Well, I don't pray. So you do pray. I'm just playing. <laughs> I, uh, I would think, um, it would be focused prayer. It would be trying to focus in on what God has already said in his word and repeating that back to him, um, focusing on his word, focusing on his promises, um, focus on listening to him. You know, um, it's one thing for us to speak to God. There's a difference between him, us speaking to him and him speaking to us. So focus time with prayer, not just lobbing prayers up and just hoping that it's going to go where it needs to go, but actually focusing my prayer time um, to listen to God and to also speak to him more in a focused way. I've said focused a lot of times, but well, that's, that's the key word there for me. It would be to schedule time for prayer. Hmm. I want to say I pray every day and I pray several times a day. I do miss having like a specific time to do it. Because honestly, right now, if I, well, I do it when I wake up, but I used to pray for a long time and I woke up. Mm. Now this marathon training season, I wake up, put on my clothes, drink coffee, and I'm out of the door, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know if after January that will improve or if I should, which I probably will, just kind of find a different time of day where I can say, all right, this is my spot where I'm going to be uninterrupted with this. Mm -hmm. So I think that will... That's well, something I think for me is the focus prayer and doing it on a consistent basis keeps me from doing so much chaos prayer. Yeah. Like when stuff is in chaos, then I want to try to have a prayer life. You're right. Um, but for it to be focused outside of chaos, 
I think gives me peace within chaos. So that's good. Okay, so what single thing that you plan to do this year will matter most in ten years, and will matter most in eternity? Well, being very transparent with me, it's my health and really taking time for my spiritual, my mental, and my emotional, and most importantly, my physical health. So being able to be healthy in all of those areas, um, I think it makes the next 10 years or 10 years from now, um, makes it be more profitable. Yeah. I think for my family, for me, for anyone who's around me, for me to take that more seriously, all those different areas of health. That's true. I think for me as well. And um, this question, I usually think about family and kids because in 10 years, our oldest will be 20. And then our second will be 19 and our youngest will be 17. Mm -hmm. So um, I am determined to make a difference, to invest the time, to pay the price, to make sure that they launch successfully in life and that they come back because mm -hmm. they want some more rice and beans or That's whatever we true. have to offer. <laughs> so, That's true. Okay, what area of your life most needs simplifying? And what's one way you could simplify in that area? So last year for me, I said chores. And I, I am proud to say that I made progress. But I wrote that before knowing we would have a major move. So to go through this major move, you know, four hours away from our house and not live in chaos. Because like I found a system, which I don't know if I've given you public praise for this, but you really encourage me to find us yes <laughs> to find a system wow, he's like see my face right now <laughs> <laughs> but it worked i was mad at first but mm -hmm. it worked so it's just like i i found something that works and i think i should sell it and become an internet millionaire yes, but that's yes, a podcast yes. for another day so what area of your life most need uh simplifying i think my morning routine if i could get my morning routine to be even more simple um, instead of it being a little chaotic, I think sometimes we thrive on chaos and it keeps us going and it motivates us. So to, for me to be able to simplify my morning routine to where there's less chaos, I think I'll get more results. You know, I, because I'm a morning person, I never thought about my routine. Although according to the internet, you know, is a, is a thing now to say, this is my night routine. This is my morning routine. Mm. But I never thought about it because I don't think about my morning because it's just like, it's such a natural thing for me to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're not like me, you know, I guess uh, if you're wired differently, it would make sense to kind of do things systematically. Yeah. And I have to figure out a way that's going to get me the results I need. I need to get up and I need to be going mentally um, and, and physically. I need to be already going and, and ready to tackle the day instead of it taking until 10 to Ten to eleven o'clock. What before? I, yeah, ten to eleven. <laughs> that's me. Ten to eleven o'clock before I, um, I start to lay into my day. Um, and you've always been a morning person. I've always been a night person. And I, I simplify my night routine, and it makes it a lot more enjoyable. But anyway, yeah, we're different, which mm -hmm. is a good thing for us. Okay, so talking about habits, what habit would you most like to establish this year? You know, I haven't really thought about that. Last year, the habit I wanted to establish was reading, and I did it. Like, I, it was a reading year for me. It still is. Like, mm -hmm. I finished 
two audiobooks mm-hmm. this week, which, you know, I've, I've blogged about that. Um, but a habit I would like to establish, um, I want to say reestablish. I want to write more in my journal. Like I like to journal, so I want to just reestablish the habit. And I can't think of anything else new that I want you to pick up right now. I think for me, I have always been a people pleaser. And so it has really handicapped me in a lot of areas. So I have dealt with a lot of insecure people in the last two to three years, three to five years, I would say. And what has done is that it's caused me to worry about a lot of things that I shouldn't worry about. Mm. I shouldn't be concerned about that. But because of someone else's insecurity, I allow that to almost like jump on me or something. So um, that's something I've really got to work on next year is stop worrying about what other people think about me and the decisions that I've made and be secure in the decisions that I've made, that I've prayed through them. I had focused prayer time and that you and I have talked through them and then just move forward. You know, this is the best thing for our family. You know, this is a topic that's so relevant. I remember writing about it eight to nine years ago. Mm. And that was a question that I received from somebody that we actually admire and we look up to as a mentor. They're like, how do you deal with other people's insecurity? Because it does affect your life, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's just like, is a evolving topic is important. And at the end of the day, we all want to stand in our confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. we have to stand in our confidence. So yeah. And a lot of my personality and who I am, I love to encourage and empower and lift up others. And so being around people who are extremely insecure and they're trying to project that upon you, it, it may it really almost ties my hands sometimes that I feel like I can't be who I've called, who I've been called to be. So yeah, anyway, I have to really work on that for next year. That's a great thing to work towards. The next question is, what's one thing you could do this year, this year to enrich the spiritual legacy you will leave to your children and grandchildren? It's family time. It's prayer time together, not just praying before food, um, but having conversations about what, what God is doing in their life, how that relates to the word. Yeah. So it's not like just a Sunday thing. And um most kids, they know how to do the Sunday church thing, which I grew up learning how to do that very well. So I think the legacy for my kids is learning that God exists outside of that building yeah. that I work at and the building that we worship at. He, um, he lives within them. You know, he does great things um, in the church. He does great things outside the church. So the legacy would be how to, you know, how to connect with God and not need to be in that building in order for it to happen. So when you think about spiritual legacy, some people might feel a little um, bad mm-hmm. about that word because it seems so big and it seems like you have to know the whole Bible and be a theologian to pass on this legacy. But if you think about money, for example, there's not one person alive, and I'm sure there's an exception out there on the internet, that would say, I don't have any money right now, so I feel really awkward and I'm just not going to pass any more for your kids. You know what you do? You get a job. You get a size gig, right? And you learn how to invest. Mm -hmm. And then you start where you are and you pass that to your children and to your grandchildren. And I feel like with our spiritual legacy, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. We can start where we are. Exactly. We can learn the word of God. We can pray. And our kids are not expecting us to be orators 
and theologians, they want us to just be ourselves. Yeah. And they want us to show them who God is. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if you look at it this way, just that honest, you know, organic relationship with God, just pass it on. Yeah. You see what I mean? I know for us, when we, we had a transition, we made um, uh, switching jobs um, about two years ago. And that was one of the great, I think that that was part of the legacy that we left to our kids is that we stepped out of the boat. We went where God told us to go and do what God told us to do. And we were unsure. We were doing our very best. We just used the faith that we had and we moved forward and we stepped out of the boat, so to speak. And you know what? The answers didn't come really quickly. And we didn't have um, a job right when God told us to leave and right when God told us to do things. But we knew that we had done the right thing when God told us to do, you know, being obedient. And for us to sit down with every sit down with our kids every night and to have a conversation about we can't wait to see what God is going to do and what um, the, the new opportunities that he's going to bring. And, you know, we were trying to figure out how we were going to pay our bills. And That's then, true. And then when the Lord brought funds for us to be able to pay our bills, we always showed our kids, hey, listen, God brought this. He did this. Let's celebrate. And um, it was just a part of our lifestyle and not just, again, not just some church thing. It's what we do at home. And I totally agree with you, too. There's a lot of people who feel like they have to be a theologian. And I think that that's a trick. That's to get you feeling guilty and feeling shameful. No, just take what you got. Use what you have. Um, use the scriptures that you know. Use the, the prayer that you have. Use the faith that you have and watch it grow into something else. You know, That's good. God's not requiring you to use what you don't have. Yeah. So it's just, just use what you have and get started there. That's our encouragement for you. That's good. So let's talk about reading. What book, in addition to the Bible, do you want most to read this year? I'm going to read Ric Flair's <laughs> again um, um, autobiography again. again for the third time. Zeke's been reading this book since 2007 or six? Yes, 2006. Yeah, it's been... No, 2007, yes. 2007. Yes. The same book over and over. Yes. Um, That's my devotional. Zeke. Um, okay, so I honestly have a list of books that I want to read somewhere. And I think it was the previous podcast to this, I talk about the books that I've read so far in 2019 and I have added to the list. Um, I am pretty sure there's like so many books out there that I want to read. Um, just can't think of any right now, but um, I am reading the Bible again mm -hmm. in a year for 2020 and I'm encouraging everybody to do it. So if you have not read the whole Bible, just uh, join me and I'll leave a link uh, in the show notes to the blog post that I wrote about how and why you should read the Bible in a year. It takes between 10 and 15 minutes a day. And I think it's like an amazing investment. I'm probably going to check out um, a couple of John Brevere books because we're pretty big in reading his stuff. That's true. So probably Honor's Reward will be one and Killing Kryptonite. I think that's the other one I'm probably going to tackle this year. And any other leadership books I can find that will help me. Yeah. We are fans of the Bevere's. Whatever they write, we'll basically read. So I hope that they write something in 2020. No pressure. I will be reading those too. So let's talk about regrets. What one thing do you most regret about last year? And what will you do about it this year? I think I allowed several people to, um, to control my emotional state of being. 
I gave them too much um, ability to control how I thought, how I felt about myself. Um, and that's, that's the main regrets that I have is that, you know, as I'm turning 40, woo, this All right. Friday, All right. um, the older I get, the more I see the need to um, be who I am, who God has called for me to be. And when you allow other people and their insecurities to control you with that, you're walking in direct opposition of what God has called for me to do. So that's the main regrets I had is just allowing other people to control my, you know, emotional and, you know, psychological state of being. Um, my regret is like a soap opera. It's kind of the same one year after year and it keeps <laughs> developing, which is a good thing, I guess. Hmm. But for me is in the area of friendships. Um, last year I said, you know, I thought that people were for me in season and out of season. And my regret is not to, and gosh, I don't know, Zeke, how I would have learned this lesson, uh, quicker than I did. Cause I know with our move, a lot of things kind of came like a new clarity, Mm -hmm. kind of dawned on me mm -hmm. and I decided you know if you are for me if you are my friend you know I'm your friend too so uh, the clarity that came was just like you know I'm not going to be insisting in a toxic friendship I'm mm. not going to keep putting the same effort to a one-way friendship as mm -hmm. in like it's all about that person mm -hmm. then I would put into a person that's clearly for me that loves me and vice versa mm -hmm. and it's like a true friend Mm -hmm. so um, I guess that was a regret. But then at the same time, she's like, how could I have learned that quicker? You know, I think some lessons in my life, especially when it comes to friendship, they're kind of slow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So anyway. Well, I mean, they're long lasting. You learn it slower. That's encouraging. Yeah. That's encouraging. Okay. So um, what skill do you most want to learn or improve this year? Mm, well. I think it probably would be in the area of music continue to um, learn how to develop people better I really have a passion for taking singers and musicians and um, other people in the music industry and working with them but that's a skill and you have to learn how to do that really well and learn how to work with different types of people from different genres and different backgrounds so that's a skill I want to really hone in on this year. Um, I feel like I'm a pretty good um, producer, songwriter, but I want to learn how to do that at a totally different level that can move me more into the international level of working with people. That's good. I Last year, my goal is to be a better writer. And you know, you never really arrive with writing. Like you mm. keep kind of honing your skills. So I want to keep working on that. But I know... I have some teaching opportunities as well, and I want to just become better. And I don't think it's uh, a matter of becoming a superstar, but I want for people to get what I'm trying to teach, which is the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I've been surrounded by some amazing teachers, Bible mm -hmm. teachers and like college teachers. Mm -hmm. um, I worked at Rice University Computer Science and some of my uh, co-working professors Although I was not a professor, so how could they be my coworkers? But I called <laughs> everybody a coworker. They were like award-winning teachers. And I had a chance to produce a podcast where um, this particular professor was speaking about his teaching and what motivates it. And we were just fascinated about how much 
thought he puts into his teaching, the research, the passion. So it's something that he's been cultivating for like decades. So it's just not like he wakes up and he's just like, all of a sudden, oh, I'm a super professor. Like he works at it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want this year. Like I've been given a lot for many decades, you know, directly and indirectly. But I feel like this year, it's just like, okay, it's time to work on this so that the message can be more effective, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, that's, let's pray that that will happen. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the next question is, um, if those who know you best gave you one piece of advice, what would they say? Would they be right? What will you do about it? Um... I think that they probably would look at me and tell me it's okay to be you. Mm. You know, I took some tests, um, like personality profile tests and stuff. And my results, I've had people to try to use those results to um, tell me that who I was was not, oh, you're just like this. And so that's why you act like this. And it's not like a positive thing instead of saying, Oh, God has made you like this. So this, this, these are some pitfalls that you probably kind of, we want to pay attention to, but you need to make sure that you are being fully who God has called for you to be. So I think people who really know me would give me the advice to continue to figure out who God has made me and to move toward that. Cause I think that I'm going to find my success in being who he's made me, not trying to change who I am to fit someone else's um, there goes that word again, insecurity. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to, to doing that, taking that advice, you know, yeah, running with it. Without guessing what somebody that knows me best would say, I'll actually repeat what one of my mentors told me. Um, she told me that when you get to a new place, new job, new like church assignment, if you know the culture, like you win, mm -hmm. you know? So I would say that they would, I mean, that's what she told me, like, just get to know the culture so you can serve better. And another piece of advice, which was very encouraging, was just like, God's going to put you where he wants you to be. Mm -hmm. So there's no way, and there's not part of my personality, thankfully, but it's a nice reminder, like, you don't have to go politicking. You don't have to go try to connect with a bunch of people just so that you can move up on some crazy letter, mm -hmm. you know? And, um... Gosh, on that note, like I believe in connecting because you love people, because yeah. you want to know them, because you're passionate about them. Um, so anyway, I think that's what the a few of the advices, words of advice is that somebody who knows me well would say. Mm -hmm. The last question is, um, in what area of life do you most need change and what will you do about it this year? It's health. It's completely health. I've allowed life to dictate um how I felt about myself and how, um, how I would respond to the good days and the bad days. And, um, coincidentally it was eating through both of them. Um, so I think, um, my, my health, it's, yeah. at, it's at the top of the list. Now I'm turning 40. I remember people saying, Oh, you can't lose weight once you get That's to 40 a lie. and you That's can't, I'm like, I've enemy. seen people be completely successful, but I can't look at what other people have done. I've got to put my hand to the plow, so to speak. Hmm. And um, 
run around with the plow or <laughs> lift it up or something like That's that. That's something so, I haven't seen. Yeah. Yes, I've got to do that. Well, I think you can do it. And I feel like since you brought that up, we might have to bring you back for an update on your health and how you're doing. Well, it'll be after my birthday because I'll have to enjoy some food for my well, birthday. Well, we have blog posts about all of that. And you kind of know what my theory is. <laughs> I'm all for people enjoying themselves with a self-control. That was a nice plug of you. I know. I mean, that's that's what we do. But seriously, like, you should come back, like, in three months and tell us how you're doing. But in order to come back, though, here's the thing. You're coming back anyway because you live here. Because I live here. Yeah. Yeah. I (laughs) bought this mic. Yes, you're the sponsor. You pay for everything. People know that. But what I'm saying, like, in order to come back with purpose, I think you would pay... Or it would be beneficial to say, like, what is, like, one thing you can do? Because I believe, and that's what I blog about at SimpleSincher.com, I believe in baby steps. Because, mm-hmm. you know, where you're standing now, where I'm standing now, it's just like, oh, my God, we have all these dreams and we have all these big steps that we need to take. And, you know, Zeke, honestly, like, when it comes to my own health, like, I need to finish what I started two years ago. Because it's just like, how long are we going to drag this? Yeah. Health yeah, change. We yeah. have, like, I have to finish. Mm-hmm. So, but it all starts, like, with one step. So, in three months, I want to hear about the one step that you took towards this, you know? So, mm-hmm. what do you think that is one small step that you can take right now that you'll be able to look back in three months and say, wow, I am on my way? Well, I think for me, probably it would be, choosing to drink water 95 98% of the time. Okay. Instead of um sodas and sweet tea and you know stuff like that and um choosing to be more active. I think that's two things that I could look at yeah. doing um especially the being more active. Um part. when it comes to being more active a small step too is just to think about your week. There are seven days. Mm-hmm. If you go out there three between three and four days, I mean, you're being more active. Mm-hmm. So it's just those small steps. And if, you know, one hour a day, seven days a week is not feasible, which I wouldn't advise that because I don't do it myself, mm-hmm. like start with 10 or 15 minutes, but it, it can be done and I know you can do it. That's true. And it can be sustainable. Yeah. So we're going to hold you accountable and have you back in three months so you can tell us about water 95 to 98% of the time <laughs> Yes, and being more active. That's right. So, well, thank you for um, coming and for speaking about this focus actions. Is there any words of encouragement that you can give to my listeners today when it comes to, you know, the new year coming up and your hopes and dreams and encouragement for them? I would say um, if, any of you deal with any level of anxiety or fear, understand that that can't be the foundation for every decision that you make. You know, we can't make decisions because we're scared of something. At some point in time, we have to, um, you know, for us, we're Christians. So we believe in God's word and what he says. And I'm learning that either I believe what he says and I'm, Uh, I'm doing everything I can to live by that or I'm not. There's not like an in-between. And I think when I live in the in-between, it gives place for every kind of doubt and fear to come. So I'm making um, a decision. And I encourage you, too, to make a decision to where find where the promises of God are. Find where um, um, not, not just positive thinking, but find out what God says about your life. 
by reading his word, you know, and by praying to him and um, use that stand on that, do everything that you can with that. And like since you said earlier, not feel like you have to be some theologian and some expert, but just use the faith that you have. Use the Bible that you have. Use your mouth to pray. Use your uh, every opportunity that you have to um, to do run after the things of God. So that would be my encouragement. We don't make decisions out of fear, out of anxiousness. Uh, we make decisions based upon what God has said um, about us. That's really good. Well, Zeke, thank you for being with us. Thank you for being a sponsor. Oh, yes. A major investor of this podcast yes. and everything that I do. Brought to you by people. Yes. By, uh, viewers like you. Viewers like you. Yeah. That's it. That's You're welcome. Thanks. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is Cynthia with SimpleSincha.com. I'll see you next time. Bye.